Hey everybody, welcome to the USL show live, which is crazy. Um, I'm your host, as always, uh, Bethlehem's favorite son, the um, best self-deprecator in USL, Evan Valella. Joined, as always, uh, sometimes they're my soccer colleagues, sometimes they're my soccer acquaintances, but they are, in fact, always my soccer friends. Uh, it is the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee, Phil Grooms. Hey, it's good to be here. I'm excited about tonight's show. Looks it's like gonna be a ba- it's gonna be a a banger, as the kids would say. Mm-hmm. A banger. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, also joining me, we have the man that puts the show in show notes. Our no longer international international correspondent, Ryan Allen. Hello, wearing a Celtic kit at the moment for the week before the Scottish Premiership season begins. I can respect that. I mean, you've actually been there, so I, you know it's it's uh, it's understandable. All the more reason. Yeah. Also joining us, uh, I will I'll save quote unquote the best for last, unless you're from a certain city. Um, it is uh, our version of Chuck Palahniuk and Elliot Smith, all just kind of wrapped into one. Um, if you asked him to find a singular book in Pal's world of books, he will tell you to do it yourself. Uh, the biggest man in USL, Big Kev, Kev McCamish. What's up? It's Lemon Man. It's been a. It's been an. Inv- an inv- would you say it's an inv- eventful? I can't talk. Eventful day for you today. Um. Perhaps. Yes. Okay. Not. I don't think it as eventful on this end mm. of mm. a certain transaction, which yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about a lot today. Maybe as the other side of the transaction, but sure. It's been a day. Aren't they all? Uh, and last but not least, if the USL was uh, Equestria, he would be our Rainbow Dash. If he hates your team, um, it's A, because he has the facts to back it up, and B, because you're, you're probably right, he actually does not like them very much. It is uh, our dear friend, Pony. Yeah, that trend's going to keep up again today, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, dear God, there's actually people in the chat. <laughs> oh no hi there harry hi brian hi taylor how are you? <laughs> um anyway this is terrifying I, I would like to point out because i totally forgot i botched the intro we are brought to you by the lovely folks at roughneck scarves your home for uh mls usl national team club uh personal and or fundraiser use check those guys out roughneckscarves.com also brought to you and produced by the lovely uh, Mike Sparks brain trusted uh, beautiful game network podcast bgn.fm on the internet and at the bgn fm on twitter um also at the usl show is where you can find us on twitter which i got that out of the way because you wouldn't be listening to this right now if you uh, if you didn't know that but also uh, just because you know it's easy to do those than to not do those guys i'm kind of stalling <laughs> well, we can I guess talk, we'll stop. We can talk we'll right stop. now about uh, the new written division for BGN, which is a, a cool. Oh, thing. we can. We totally can. Let's keep doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a BGN written uh, division coming up. We have a lot of wonderful people that are interested in and in doing it for sure. Um, I'm putting together a little something something for it in terms of how to get started talking to clubs in USL, which I think people oh, will find helpful. That'll be good. Uh, with uh, with some help from our dear friend Dan from Unused Substitutes, West Bowling is going to help, which is crazy because that guy used to do this for a living and now does PR. So you're getting it from both sides of the spectrum from him um, of of Golden Goal Nashville. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But it's spearheaded by uh, by Carson uh, Merck of uh, 
oh, Dynamo Theory, Switching Play Soccer, if pretty much anything out in kind of Vegas or Houston, it's it's all him. Um, and we're super excited that that's getting off the ground because it's it's legitimately blowing up. It's really cool. Um, so definitely go check that out. Uh, if you're interested, either DM us or you can DM literally any other podcast or, or BGN um, dot FM as well. I think the Twitter handles much is BGN written. That's right. Cool. To check that out for sure because it's uh, it's really fun. It's a lot of uh, a lot of really good discussion that most people aren't privy to just because it's in a Slack channel. Um, yeah. All right. So I think we're done now. With the shilling and the stalling, I guess we'll just talk about it. <laughs> uh, today, um, FC Cincinnati and, and respect, uh, respectively Portland Timbers and, and the San Jose Earthquakes have announced that Cincinnati has acquired uh, Fernando Adi from the Portland Timbers as well as uh, Fatai Alashe from the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, I believe Alashe is joining on loan right now until 2019. Uh, Adi they bought outright. So, with 10 minutes on the clock, as I start my timer. <laughs> That's not enough time. Because, no, I don't know. No, yeah, at this point. Uh, because I don't want to talk about this all night. <laughs> because there has actually been some really interesting things happening within the league and games and things. And I, I want to get to those. And there's other news that's like more pertinent than six months from now. So, that'll be cool. Um, so, guys, first of all, I guess, Kev, we'll kind of let you point it because Fernando Adi is the bigger of the two names and it's a former Timber. Um, what kind of player is Cincinnati getting here? Um, well, they're getting probably one of the best target strikers in MLS. Um, I, I'm certainly going to miss him. I, I've really loved how he's able to just uh, play with his back to goal. Um, he's put 54 goals away in like 120-something games. Uh, the second highest scorer for the Portland Timbers in across all eras um, was first for a brief while last season. We got a little bit injured. Um, Valeria stepped up, had himself an MVP season, so he took him. He took he's he's the, the in first place right now. But you know, for someone that came in in 2014 uh, to do that to do that many goals, he's probably the best striker we've ever had. Um, he will be missed. So. He'll uh, he'll do some damage, I think, for Cincy next next season in, in 2019. Yeah. Um, Taylor brings up a good point um, uh, in the in the chat in that there is rumors coming out. Like this, ha- it was it was weird because it was like late afternoon. It kind of came out because Kev, I, I think we can now that it happened. I think we can talk about it. You said that the the initial thing you heard from the Timbers. Um, was that it was going to be a, a MLS Eastern Conference team, which just makes sense. Yeah. Um, you don't want a guy like that hurting you in your own division. <laughs> you know, no. you so, so initially when this came out, first thing we heard about was on Saturday as the, the game versus Houston uh, was about to start, you know, news was coming out saying, hey, this is going to be Fernando Adi's last game. Uh, a deal has been completed. Just a deal, not knowing whether it was going to be in the league or out of the league. Um, the very next day on Sunday, we got confirmation that he was going to uh, the Eastern Conference. Now, we were told MLS team, um, which, of course, you know, Cincinnati would classify since it's a future buy kind of thing. Um, but at that time, there were rumors that Montreal Impact were very much interested. Um, we can confirm that Montreal was, in fact, interested. I, I assume that Cincinnati uh, pay, you know, offered more money. 
um, which is a good thing. It, like that's a great signing to make as one of your first signings going into MLS. You know, you can't get yes. much better than than uh, a proven entity in Fernando Adi. Mm. Um, yep. So it's 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 good for Cincinnati there. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I mean, these rumors that that they might loan Adi to Montreal definitely have some some weight behind them. If if they are, tr- they, they could very well be true. Uh, the reason, the only reason I can see them see that happening is that maybe USL and MLS, maybe more so USL, were like, you know, they kind of said, "Hey, here's a DP player. We've never had a DP player loaned down from an MLS team. Um, you know, can we do something else to get him minutes the rest of the season?" And then that's probably the time where Montreal's like, "Hey, we're still interested. Can we make something happen?" Um, Portland at this point. Does, I don't think Portland has no say in this anymore because Adi has been right. completely 100% sold, entire contract moved. So whatever Cincinnati do with Adi is entirely up to Cincinnati. Um, Phil Ryan, Pony, I don't know who wants to, to jump in, but I guess just kind of your general thoughts. On, I mean, obviously, and, and to get it out of the way, you know, Adi's going to be the guy that steals all the headlines and everything, obviously. But, you know, Alashe in and of himself is, is a great player to build on. Um, and we're not really debating whether or not these signings are good because they're phenomenal. Um, it's just that, you know, these guys are going to get half a year in USL um, for basically free. Yeah, I mean, not not free per se, but um, but as far as the USL squad team is concerned, um, they're they didn't have to buy Adi at all. All they're doing is it's seemingly paying his salary, and, right. and same with Adi or with Alashe. Um, they're just paying his salary, be, or even part of his salary, maybe not even all of it, uh, because we don't know what the loan deal is exactly. But it is a loan down from the MLS version of FCC to the usl version of fcc but um if we want to dig into this right now um the big controversy and i hadn't really considered it until i saw mike pendleton's tweet early on is is this what i like to dub it as as mls funny money um the the use of tam and gam to buy a player on the mls level and then ship him down for you know much less money to the USL level. Okay. And yep. that's, and then the weird part of that is that Gam and Tam is any other USL team, say Phoenix, who might've yep. had the, the money to do this and might've wanted to try. Uh, they wouldn't, let's be clear. They wouldn't, but if they wanted to, they would have to go to Portland and say, Hey, we have this much cash. We'd like to give you to buy him. Okay. And yep. so they would give straight up cash money, which is that's an open market. USL, in my opinion, is a very, uh, one of the more pure uh, leagues to have been seen in the United States over yep. time. And so cash is what everyone else uses in the world to buy a player. And so that's what they well, would have had to use. And, and even we can even look at it from this way um, because it happened this year. Bethlehem steel, the USL team sold Brandon Allen to Nashville SC, the USL team. Those are two clubs uh, you know, one literally right now up, uh, in in Bethlehem, another one um, in uh, Nashville that will be in MLS, but they made a USL to USL deal. There was right. no, oh, hey, um, if you can hang out for six months, we'll pay you when the, the, um, the day after MLS Cup ends, which is the first day of the MLS season. 
um, right. we'll pay you all your money, you know, then. Yeah, and so, um, and that's part of it is that this yeah. is in some ways it's a, it's a credit card because they don't have to pay right this yeah. second. Their money's not due till 2019 or later. I don't even know when the deadline is for that, for the money to be transferred over. But not only that, but Tam and Gam isn't just like cash. Like Portland can't just take cash right. for Phoenix and put it in without it hurting their salary cap. Whereas Tam yep. and Gam can be used and it doesn't go against the salary cap, right? So that just takes cash mm-hmm. and then adds value to that. In my opinion, perhaps doubles or more the value of just one straight dollar. A Tam Gam dollar is worth, in my opinion, double or more. And so this, in yes. my opinion, this is where I get angry. And I think this is the point that Mike Pendleton made initially, and it's really evolved over th- over the day as I've talked to Boston has been a huge help. Um, the CST guys in general, uh, Brian Weigel, and even like um, RVA is red, Brian Cook, they've all been very helpful in, in this discussion as we all argue and get and get dramatic about this. But, um, you know, this, this is the part that hurts us because it's not something that any USL side could have just come in and given yep. cash for. FCC has a distinct advantage over anyone else in USL. And um, to me, that's the part that irks me. And that's where I start getting a little heated and, and emotional, if you can't tell already. Yeah. yeah. Now, you're exactly right. I want to kind of just clarify a couple of things. So it's exactly like a credit card transaction. They've used, like, I'm going to basically buy this player from Portland using my MLS credit card. I don't have to pay that bill for another six months. And then the MLS Cincinnati will take Adi and do whatever they choose with him, whether it's loan him to their USL Cincinnati or loan him to an MLS Montreal or do whatever. Um, one thing about his contract, he's, he is on an MLS contract. He's, this is not a USL contract at all um, because Portland up front immediately has the DP spot freed up and all cap space has been cleared from Adi. So the entire MLS DP contract has been moved to Cincinnati. That's what they bought. He's on $1.933 million a year. So Cincinnati bought Adi. Like that contract is theirs now. So yep. whatever they do with him, they're paying him that much money. Yep. So it's probably better if they loan him to MLS just to kind of avoid, you know, the the sight that something might be squirrely. You know, mm-hmm. what they've done is not against the rules because I don't there's no rule for this. I don't think anybody really thought about this thing happening. No. Um, something else to, to consider is, you know, don't and fully blame FC Cincinnati. Gavin Wilkinson, the GM of Portland Timbers, he's shown to be really, really good at making deals and finding, I wouldn't call them loopholes, but finding things that are not, just haven't been done before and are not out of, and are not explicitly against the rules. Um, you know, making backroom deals so that, you know, players don't get uh, picked up in expansion drafts, mm-hmm. um, selling, con- you know, getting, getting some, some dead weight off contracts. He's, he's been fantastic at that. So it could very well be that Cincinnati was like, hey, we heard your, your ship and Audi would like to buy him. Or, you know, could have been Gavin's like, hey, you guys have some money next year. Are you guys interested yep. in Audi? And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. We don't know how that worked, so I don't want to 100% blame Cincinnati. Sure. The other thing with the money that, that Portland got, they don't get to use it until the end mm-hmm. of the 2018 season. So mm-hmm. right the day after MLS Cup is over, Cincinnati gets that 2019 funny money. It goes over to whatever, you know, they paid whatever to Portland. 
Um, and that's when they can use it. Now, with TAM specifically, the targeted allocation money, the targeted funny money, that can actually be pulled forward. Um, you can pull targeted allocation money that you have in your quote-unquote bank, you know, whatever they have. You can pull that forward. So, so half of this Audi sale, Portland could actually use this season um, because they obviously have a contract sign that it can come that you know Cincinnati is going to give it to them so they have it now so they can pull that forward if they decide to use it in this summer transfer window which for MLS is going to close uh, in, uh, in on next Wednesday the 8th I believe mm-hmm. yep so so that's kind of how that's going um, the reason why everybody's kind of you know up in arms about this, totally valid for all fans who are not Cincinnati fans is that, you know, SC Cincinnati have this fantastic top class for MLS level striker, DP striker. No, you know, no USL side has had such a a talented and expensive player. And there's no, I don't think there's any rules in USL explicitly saying that they can't use him Um, because USL doesn't have a salary cap, right? Correct. Right. So, so Cincinnati Let's, can do this. They're well within their realm to do this. One man is not going to, you know, guarantee them undefeated success for the rest of the season and winning the cup. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll certainly help. They'll certainly get more goals, thus more points. Um, but it's not going to be like an entire paradigm shift of Cincinnati being super invincible. Yeah, I want to reiterate that too, because let's be really super clear here that FCC is, as far as rules are concerned, have done absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, that is plain as day. Everybody knows that. So all arguments aside, they've done nothing wrong. And to kind of clear up, I I got some, I just want to say this real quick. I got some some information from Nicholas Murray from the USL. Um, You guys all read his articles on on Twitter and on USL.com and um, USLsoccer.com. And uh, he sent me a response today saying that this is not unprecedented this has happened before um maybe not on this level um that's me saying that but what what nicholas sent me and i'll give you just one one of the three players he talked about is uh when orlando went uh moved up from usl division three at that time to mls the year before uh they picked up a guy named jordani alvarez this is not a guy i'm familiar with but you guys might have heard of him in 2014 and they didn't buy him with straight up cash like we would all like to see around the world. They bought him with a fourth round MLS super draft round, uh, draft, uh, super draft pick. So, um, and that was in 2017. So, um, it's a lot cheaper though. Yeah, a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper. I mean, the value of a fourth round pick probably uh, $50,000 at this point, something yeah. like that. Um, guys, we have two other people on the show. Yeah, I want to hear um, what Pony says for sure. I would love. Well, no, no, hold on. I gotta let Ryan speak first because we gotta <laughs> end on we gotta end on Pony because we don't know what he's gonna say or do. Um, Ryan, you 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 mentioned earlier about uh, everyone's second favorite English club, Chelsea FC, um, and how they run things, and it's a, it's a little similar. So I'll let you you talk about that or, or whatever else really you want to talk about in terms of what happened here. Well, it's interesting with the mentioning of at least the loan deal because. I saw a few things on Twitter talking about saying how Chelsea loves to take advantage of their loan system, but that's also led to them losing players such as Salahaw, De Bruyne, Mbappe, just to name a few. But also, I respect Cincinnati's at least ambition for this to try it. 
uh, Phil, like you mentioned with Nicholas Murray, that Orlando City had the same type of mentality. And what they're do- Cincinnati is doing right now is definitely building upon what they have. I mean, compare it to what Minnesota did, who entered in MLS with no DPs and lost mm. 5-1 to Portland in their yeah. first opening match and have just now started to become competitive. What Cincinnati's doing is at least trying to prepare their roster for MLS from the get-go so they can be competitive right off the bat. It just definitely helps it. And more so with the fact that without a salary cap in this league, teams are welcome to do this whenever they want. Red Rangers FC was located down in the Scottish lower tiers when they were dropped from the Premiership. They were welcome to spend out whatever they wanted to get back to the Premiership. So it just it's more based around is it it's not really unethical for them to or sorry, illegal for them to spend whatever they want. But it is at least showing its distinct advantage without the salary cap as Cincinnati can do this. Yeah. It's fair enough. Um, Pony, it is your time to shine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's an evil laugh if I ever did do one. No, guys. um, The good news is we're live streaming, so if anything actually happens to any of us, it's at least public record, so that's great. See, there we go. So, first of all, like I said, Cincinnati did nothing wrong, really, here. They found a way to exploit a rule that did not exist, and they should have made that move, even if the rest of us are kind of questionable or upset about the way they did it. My biggest gripe is the move was something that very few teams could actually have made. Only them and Nashville really could have made this type of setup. And to me, that's where I get more upset. It's not that Cincinnati decided to spend an extra $3 million that no one else was even willing to consider throwing out there. It's that they had a secret tool that no one else actually could use. And that's where I start. think it goes into more of slightly unfair as opposed to smart or creative signings. But but overall, I think also what we need at the end, well, I think the thing is this is also Cincinnati going all in. With all of this now, they're basically set to anything that does not win the cup. Yeah. If if anything, if they do not win the cup, they're going to kind of be seen as a team who tried to throw all this money and do this unique move just on their final year and then didn't win it. Because if they didn't win it, they're going to be remembered for their attendance and they're (laughs) going to be remembered for them almost trying to buy the cup in their last year and failing. And the open cup run. Maybe. Yeah. And, and that, and the bite, those things. Mm, Yep. Mm. There it is. All four. Yeah, well, this, gentlemen, uh, we did it. 17 minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot more to yes, I have two more points to say if we I, can take the time. We, do you want to move on? I do. We uh, got to move on. I mean, we can absolutely make an entire episode out of we this. We could talk forever about oh. this and get basically nowhere, but there's, I mean, two more expansion teams are maybe in the works, and then we have a whole slate of games, and like I said interesting things are happening <laughs> in the league and, and in the table and things like that. And teams aren't beating teams. That they're supposed to be and vice versa. Um, so yeah, we gotta, we gotta move on. I will say I have an opinion piece coming out tomorrow in there that written go. division and it has a lot more in it. So please read that tomorrow. I want to hear responses. Well, uh, we'll link it. We'll link it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess the one that's not as, uh, or the two that aren't as super, News intensive. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Right. USL actively looking into uh, Jacksonville. 
nothing to do with the Armada, apparently. Um, but I mean, this is this is a smart move. That's a that's a good soccer city as we've seen with the Armada in the NASL days. Um, sorry, the uh, the league we don't talk about days. And um, yeah, I mean, it would be it would be really cool if uh, if there was a team out in Jacksonville to, to spark a a uh, three way perhaps rivalry with uh, with Tampa and and then Jacksonville and then maybe Orlando City B wherever they end up if they end up somewhere. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be cool. There's a lot of south southeast teams in that D three that that possible D three happening there. There so is. That'll be cool. That would be really cool. Um, and then the other uh, the other team might be coming in is uh, USL Omaha in Nebraska, um, which also I know you know um, what Bug Eaters FC are out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot out there. So that would be a really cool, um, a really cool spot. A lot of really interesting, a really, um, diverse markets coming into play for USL here. Um, I honestly, before the season started, was talking to Mike Catalano, who plays for Bethlehem Steel, once university of Madison, uh, university of Wisconsin, Madison. And, uh, he was saying that there's not really an Academy out in Madison. So having a pro team out there would be, would be a really cool way to jumpstart that, that vibe. And that's a really cool city. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for those. Again, the Jacksonville one, we don't know. It might be happening, might not be happening. Um, same kind of deal with Omaha. Whenever you see USL and then a city name, it's probably legit just cause we're not at that point yet. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Pony, Ryan, Kev, Phil thoughts on either of those two cities or, or teams out there. Is there... Uh, any relation like is Omaha going to be replacing Swope Park or I don't know about any of that and I would be very surprised if that ends up happening so I don't think so yeah I haven't heard anything as far as like Swope Park going away they're pretty set on what they've got their their little system going on it's um it's really funny just because like for the amount of um like really solid rumors that end up happening there's always one part of it where you're like what Right. Like where yeah. with that one, it's like, yeah, it's going to be a team in Omaha. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. And then it's like, and it's going to replace Swope park. And you're like, what? Um, yeah. And we all know what happens when you, uh, when you start throwing around teams that might, uh, that might fold. There you go. <laughs> so um, I think the big story, if the, the, if you want to zoom out a little bit is, is kind sure. of like how there kind of seems to be two ways to kind of get a USL team in your city. And one seems to be yes. the cooperative way. And one seems to be the we're taking over territorial your city rights against you. Yes, is, <laughs> is it too early to, to kind of talk about? No, not at all. We're going to talk about it since yeah. you brought it up. Um, now, I I didn't hear anything from the league. I'm assuming the, none of us heard anything from the league about this in terms of how it came up and how it happened. Mm. I know uh, a week or two ago, maybe maybe yeah. even more. Um, I forgot his name, but the GM for Chattanooga FC. Yeah. Um, uh, resigned is the word I was looking for. Yes, left the club to join this venture at D3. Yes. So um, that I guess was we'll kind of the beginning. Um, a, a businessman from Utah whose name I do not remember um, bought the, the USL D3 territorial rights, so basically franchise rights for Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, and they are not going to be affiliated with uh, Chattanooga FC. Um, now, I will say uh, we have a I have a we have a dear uh, we have a dear friend I have a dear friend uh, club and country Nashville uh, 
whose whose actual first name is Tim. Uh, Thank a, a you, little Taylor. bit ago, did an interview with the president of Chattanooga FC, the the actual club, and the uh, whose whose first name incidentally also happens to be Tim. And the president of that club felt like USL was a stopover kind of league, very adamant about not wanting to join USL. Um, and I tweeted out earlier in the week that I'm okay with this if, if two things are true. Um, one of them being that USL just kind of puts these franchise rights up for auction, basically, and whoever wins it, wins it, and they don't have any influence over who that is or, or you know, any influence over the result of, of, of what that happens. It's just a free market. Here you go. Here's how much this costs. Can you bring us that money? Great. Uh, the other thing I'm okay with is if Chattanooga FC's owner, which he's apparently done in the past, said no thanks to USL, and they went, okay, well, we'll do this with or without you. Um, that would apparently be a mutual feeling between the uh, owner of that club currently and um, USL. Now, if they just kind of like went, hey, guy from Utah, you, you can buy That's not great. Um, but I don't think that's what happened. Uh, but it is a little too early to confirm that but i think there was a mutual uh agreement to disagree or to not enter into business here between usl and the uh, current ownership of chattanooga fc and it'll be interesting if when we ever hear anything about why chattanooga's gm just kind of up and left in the middle of the night so i don't know if anyone has any other thoughts but feel free to express them kev yeah my the only thing that kind of confuses me is i don't i don't even really understand why a businessman from a, you know, halfway across the country. Place that you've never been. Yeah. Would you be would be even interested in buying the franchise rights to a D three team in in a completely different state? I I don't. I, I'm with you. Soccer's like, if, a good market. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm with you in that. If it was done in one well. of the first two ways, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but just it's just one of those things where I'm just like, why? Why, why does Utah the Utah investor care? Why does he want to go to Tennessee? He could, I mean, it, it, it's just one of those things where, like, he could really, if if he could pick anywhere, I mean, I, he must like Chattanooga. There's nothing wrong with Chattanooga. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been there, but. Big fan of Tennessee. Um, real quick, uh, Terrell Sorrell's in the chat. Thank you so much. Bob Martino, name of investor from Utah. Sean McDaniel, Chattanooga's GM. Um, Ryan, you're from the Southeast. <laughs> well, <laughs> Ryan, you live there. You're not from there. Uh, you're from Ohio, which I apologize for. But anyway, um, any thoughts on like th- this happening or like what's going on or just in general or, you know, like if, uh, you know, if someone a couple years ago said, hey, we're going to buy the Wilmington, you not to be this guy again, but we're going to buy the Wilmington license. And you knew that that was going to keep soccer in your city. Is there like a silver lining there at all? Or is this just like this guy's taking our team and, and, you know, we don't like that. Well, Taylor and Chad is right. I was getting, uh, when Kev was going through talking about Utah, I was getting reminiscent of Anthony Precourt. And when and um, uh, uh, Hammerheads were bought a few years ago by the person who owned Capelli, I'm blanking on his name. He lives up in New Jersey at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when he bought the Hammerheads. But it's interesting that basically you would go through the market now we can get into a full discussion of an open soccer <laughs> market all we want but i'll probably leave it out of that but i've been to Guys, go ahead sorry no you're right 
but I've been to Chattanooga before. It's a nice city. I've driven by Finley Stadium, which is a very great complex. The United States men's national team has played there in the past. But I think it'll be interesting to see is this new Chattanooga team, which apparently the domain name has already been registered to Chattanooga SC, which probably isn't by accident that it sounds so similar to the MPSL side. If they get the stadium deal at Finley Stadium, is it interesting if fans will say, is it, okay, this is the six-month season, we could see more soccer, or will they say, okay, the NPSL is only two to three months if we make the playoffs, mm-hmm. is, will we stay loyal to that? And although I will at least top it off that I saw this name floating around for the Nashville side, the only accessible name for a soccer club in Tennessee is 10SC. And then they can have a derby with Penn FC called the Really Literal Names Derby. No, just the pen and ten, or something. Yeah, you, you no, no. But seriously, the finger was the on best it. soccer club name ever for yeah. a club in Tennessee. Yeah, if that's not the name, they need to just stop. Yeah, <laughs> fold immediately. Uh, Pony, your thoughts? Um, I don't think there's too much really here. At sure. least for me, it's kind of interesting to see what wins out. You don't like seeing two clubs compete in the same city, especially. Yeah on different levels like that. But it'll be interesting to see what league they both hold to. And I hope both teams actually exist in the future and not one doesn't cannibalize the other one because that's not good for anybody. Uh, I will say we have seen plenty of teams survive with basically no fans in USL. So if people in Chattanooga don't really want to support the new team, they don't really have to. I don't know. Being mad and everything on Twitter is great, but actually putting that into action is a, is a completely different thing. Um, and if people you know, in Chattanooga have personal opinions and feel that they were slighted by, uh, by Bob Martino or anybody like that in, in, you know, in this you can certainly vote with your wallet. Yeah, and I, I think you should because this isn't... Oh, you totally should. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to even say who's right, but I do want to say that we're, I, I get the feeling that that Chattanooga had a chance to kind of join USL D3 first. And, um, you know, it could have gone the way of Fresno, where Fresno had a a PDL team. Or even Georgia Tormenta, I think, would be a better... You're right, you're right, you're right. So, you know, Tormenta got an offer from USL saying, hey, would you like to try D3? You're one of the best PDL squads. We'd love to have you, blah, 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 blah. They join, everybody's happy. There's no argument over who... Um, who was the dominant team in the city. This did not go down that way. Right. Not only that, there was a split in the front office over it. So, Yeah, uh, it's that's just, the one thing where I'm like, ooh, wait a minute. This is bad and bad. I don't like that it happened this way, and yeah. unfortunately, capitalism's going to decide. And so, people, if you yeah. want to decide, like, like Evan said, use your wallet to decide. Guys, there was actual honest-to-God soccer played this week in the USL. And it is our duty. It is our, it is our mission. We have been tasked by the people that ran the show before us and Mike Sparks whipping us constantly to recap soccer matches for you. So here we go. Uh, Oklahoma City nil, Fresno nil in the first of many chance, uh, games where I went, that doesn't look right. Um. Decently boring nil-nil draw between two teams, I suppose. Yeah, but I think on this one, it's two teams there. Are both. It was kind of disappointing for both teams because they're both trying to make a run right now at doing something playoff-wise. Both have the talent. Oklahoma City, after starting the season with Bismol's turned it around. 
first and also some playing good as a blade. I was pretty surprised. Not this as much that this was a draw, but that was it was a low scoring draw. Same. Yeah. Um, one one offside call. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Fresno defensively solid. Um, uh, you know, nine shots, one on target is never a great recipe for success. Unless it goes in, I guess. But it didn't. <laughs> so, nil-nil the scoreline there. Uh, moving on, friend of, uh, well, mine, probably the show eventually, Taylor Washington gets his first professional goal. Um, and as much as I was telling the guys at Speedway Soccer Pod to like stop moving their their players around and putting them out of position, um, it worked out here. He gets the only goal in a 1-0 Nashville win against Atlanta United 2. Um, trying to think. Should Nashville panic right now? Because uh, they had another result later in this week, right? That did not, yeah. That uh, did not go too well for them in a 2-0 loss to Toronto FC 2. Um, so what's what's going on in, in Nashville? Uh, they should have bought Fernando Adi. Yeah, right. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the joke, but I truly wonder if even with Fernando, Fernando Adi, whether they would even score goals because it just seems to be a system problem. They've had too many quality guys come in yep. and out of there. And I mean, they have good like guys that can score, like the proven scoring goal guys, proven goal scorers is what I wanted to say. <laughs> um, in uh, in Liba Maloto and you know Brandon Allen's a guy that can finish it well that used to be able to finish at this level, um, and it hasn't been there for him. So yeah, I you know again not terrible defensively. Um, they didn't look very good against uh, Toronto. But I mean, you know, Luca Ocello and and Matthew uh, Serbly are not slouches for that TFC two team. Um, I don't know. Oh, I oh, sorry. At least with the Nashville in their last seven matches, they have basically only two wins. Both come against Atlanta United two at home of a three 0 result back in June, and then a one 0 result from this match. But other than that, outside of those wins in the last seven matches, Nashville have not scored a goal including four losses to Indy, Charlotte, Ottawa, and TFC2 yeah. against Cincinnati. That's crazy. Hmm. That's really bad. Don't tell anybody that that's a thing because they'll be upset. <laughs> um, next match, San Antonio FC1, Colorado Springs switchbacks nil. Um, Kyle Murphy with the 55th minute goal. Um Agwafe Ajekwa with a really dumb red card in the 90th minute. I actually watched um, most of this match, and San Antonio did well to frustrate Colorado here, for sure. San Antonio is hot right now. They are very good. They're as hot as it gets right now, and it may be a little early. That's the only worry I would have, but um, I think we'll talk about this a little later, but Kyle Murphy had a banger in this one, and the next game was even better, so we'll talk about it in the next one. Um. Ironically enough, Jack McInerney scores against the affiliate club for his for his first uh, for his first pro team, Philadelphia Union. Hmm. Uh, Eighty-six minute goal, literally. And and listen, guys, Jack McInerney is like five foot ten, five foot eleven. He's not tall. No one bothers to mark him on this corner. And Indy scores, and that's it. Um, there should have been more goals in this game. There weren't. Uh, Indy get out of Bethlehem with a uh, with a, a you know they steal two points 
Um, which is interesting because Bethlehem did that to Indy in their first meeting. And looking at the calendar over there on my wall, they meet again uh, second to the last week in the season. So that'll be fun, Brian. I hope to, uh, well, we'll see what happens, I guess. Those have been some fun matches if you guys are neutrals. That's a really weird um, <laughs> like weird rivalry that's popping up in two teams that play each other really tight. Um, but a good win for Indy. They, they definitely uh, you know, deserved it and hung in there and, and yeah. did well. Uh, but Bethlehem really not happy to, uh, to get a bad result there. McInerney looked good throughout the whole game, so I'm glad he was the one that got that goal. Um, also, Bethlehem Steel not looking as Bethlehem Steely as usual, looking a little rough. And, and Evan, I was curious if maybe that's because that's like the downside of, of the senior team taking up a bunch of young guys and actually using their young, their playing the kids. Do you think that's part of it? Um, I mean, I'll get it. Do we, I guess we'll just talk about it now. Um, that 4-1 win against Atlanta? But they had the end of the week uh, was like everything just kind of fell into place. Um, and it, you had guys, you know, uh, Michi Galina, um, Ferris, who is a riot. Uh, Brendan Aronson looked really good on the ball as a, as the, you know, number 10. Um, Prosper Chaluya, Olivier Mbiza, like that whole team just kind of clicked. But Atlanta um, too and that was pretty Atlanta bad best for sure. And I think they had two Atlanta did look really bad. And Mitch Hildebrandt's uh, on the bench uh, distribution off of the, you know, like out of goal kicks was atrocious, um, which didn't help. But I mean, uh, you know, it's a good press by Bethlehem, and, and they get a really solid win against uh, Atlanta, and they pad that goal differential stat, which I think might be uh, important come October. True. Uh, moving on from there. What do we have? Because I scrolled down. Uh, Seattle Sounders nil. Um, really quick goal for Seattle. Second minute, uh, and then they get two more in the second half with Davis Strada getting a penalty kick, and then Lamar Nagel. Uh, speaking of MLS guys getting loaned down the USL um, with the, with the third goal. Uh, Vegas with two red cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this team is great. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. And with the with this game S two in, in Las Vegas, yeah, I mean S two basically get a much needed win from this match. I mean, from previous matches, they had lost it was all the way back to June tenth, which was a two one win over Oklahoma City was their last result. So they definitely needed this result, and to get three goals is definitely a confidence booster. Phil, you had a tweet about the uh, red card gift on Las Vegas that you definitely wanted to discuss on. Oh my gosh, I'm opening it right now because I don't even remember this. I'm so sorry. I think I'm over-tweeting right now. Pony. Oh, um, yes. I'm watching it, it right bad. now. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, Pony, what do you on, think? Hold on. It's, I mean, it's so one of those bad. that I think is... It, if oh, it's three games, oh, that's yes. light. If it's three games, that is a very light suspension. Yes. Because yeah. there's, there's like, you know, the reckless two-foot tackles or the oh. putting your hands on someone's face or neck area or throwing the elbow. Then there's charging in full speed with elbow to the face. <laughs> like, no I mean, ball. This, the ball's gone. <laughs> I would honestly... I, I like that he, like, season, stops. I would not be upset. No. The it, man stops moving, and he's like, wait a minute. If I just take two more steps and throw my elbow at this guy, oh I got gosh. it. I'm great. Yeah, so if Welshman <laughs> got three, this guy better yeah. get a hell of a lot more. Right, everybody? Four yeah, I, five. I yeah. think I said I'd, I'd, I'd said a minimum four. I'd say six. I, I'm up for six. Yeah. The more I talk about it, the more I think he deserves well over three or four. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, live stream folks, me, link in the chat. At least for me, I'm thinking the people who have the worst three fouls oh, I've seen, sweet. this probably becomes number three behind the Romeo Parks kick, the fall bite, and now this elbow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. So bad. I, it might I be third like in Carl line. Carl back in USL. <laughs> Just as an aside. Yeah. It's okay. He's not doing that well. No, he's with Indy. He's fine. He's great. Oh, sorry. He's fine. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Romeo Parks. My, my, mistake. my mistake. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, no, I'm very much not happy he's back in USL. There you go. Um, Carl, we met the guy he kicked. Uh, <laughs> was the next game fun, too? Kind of. Less less fun. Uh, Ottawa, nil, Louisville, three. Um, Paulo Del Piccolo, Paco Craig, Devin Williams, three goals. Uh, they do get a red card in the 77th. Um, for a team with no head coach, yeah, you could be fooled that they still have, you know, James O'Connor there. Especially, by the way, Orlando City's been playing as of late. You could definitely still convince me that James O'Connor is with Louisville and not Orlando. They seem to have figured it out almost like they had a couple losses in a row and kind of woke up like, okay, guys, we got we to gotta figure this out. We got to go back to what O'Connor was doing. And you know, Ryan, mm-hmm. you want to say what you just typed because that's big. I think I saw somewhere online that they should be announcing a head coach by the end of the week, but I will say Louisville has done a much better job of coaching by committee of their players than Argentina did in the World Cup. Yes. I saw that tweet too, though, Ryan. So that I think that's legit. Next week, Louisville will have a coach. It took them a bit to start their search, but I'm not surprised that they're uh, closing in on somebody soon because I'm sure that's a job a lot of people wouldn't mind having. What's the... Right. Yeah. If they've turned the corner, they're back to one of the big contenders in the East. I think there's, if, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's basically Cincinnati, Charleston, Louisville, and Pittsburgh right now. And everyone yeah. else is, everyone else will take a miracle to really do much. Yeah. You were ready to say the same thing. Who's, Fair enough. Who, who's the rumored coach that ran for uh, U.S. soccer president? I'm so bad with names. What's his name? Eric Ronaldo. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love it if that happened. I'm sure it won't, but. Wouldn't that be fun? Caleb Porter's still available. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just name all the best coaches that could take No, Caleb Porter definitely has like a year-long. Even though it wouldn't matter because it's USL, but I I don't think they can hire him. Kev, speaking of the Portland Timbers, uh, Mm -hmm. or the University of Akron, uh, you guys played a a very interesting game against the Los Angeles Galaxy in which you guys, as you were wont to do, uh, forgot how to play defense. Well, yeah, T2 hasn't played defense in like yeah, five, I, or, five or six matches. But I, say, I guess LA2 doesn't play defense. Yeah, LA2 doesn't play defense either. Um, so very similar, 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 God, similarly to the first match that go. these two teams played this season, it was a high scoring affair. Um, and similarly to the first one, T2 came out victorious. Um, but with the way both of these teams play, against each other, uh, A, not surprising, and B, it could have easily been 4-4, 5-4 to L.A.'s advantage, um, short of a few fantastic saves by McIntosh, um, could have also been 5-3 to T2's way. Um, I'm glad it ended the way it did, obviously. <laughs> I'm glad that the Timbers have learned, have at least gotten you know, a one game out where they kind of put some goals in the net because that's yep. going to be helpful if they're going to be continue to leak goals in the back. Right. Um, Foster Langsdorf got two goals. He's now up to 10. I believe that's tied for third in USL, or at least was at the time. Um, 
time that the, the game happened, finished. But, uh, and I have to double check. I don't know for sure, but I think Foster scoring 10 goals might be the first time a T2 player has scored double-digit goals in the season. And 10 goals across, like, 16 games, um, however many he's played, is pretty darn fantastic pretty turnout. Yeah. And, and and relating to the kind of Audi thing, a lot of people in Portland, maybe even people in USL, are kind of wondering, you know, why two reasons like wait why did Adi want to leave Portland he wanted to leave Portland by the way um because he wasn't getting starting minutes Armenteros uh kind of took that spot from him and then you know what's going to happen with Langsdorf and Jeremy uh are they going to move up from Portland they're going to be back up and and I don't think anything's really going to change for for Portland they they are not done making moves so they'll probably spend money they have maybe some of that tan that they can pull forward uh, that sounds like they'll probably go out to the market, you know, domestic or foreign, and try to replace Adi um, as is. But obviously, Langsdorf doing fantastic for T2. You know, I, I sincerely hope that they continue to do well for T2, continue to score goals. Um, and, and then next season, well, I would love to see what they can do for the first team. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the oldest rivalry in, in USL. Uh, back underway? Did they play each other earlier this year? Is this the first meeting? I think they've played. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, the latest installment of the oldest rivalry in USL, just to cover myself. Charleston 3, Richmond 0. This was a, a, a beat down. Um, Nico Rittemeyer gets his first two professional goals. And uh, Atula Gera still likes to score a bunch. They did play earlier this year. 2 nothing win for the battery, right? Nah, for Richmond. Damn it. Thanks, proof, proof that uh, Ryan is a stat robot. He already he just knew immediately that they played earlier this year. Ryan, you should just say these things. Yeah. And stop typing. <laughs> How did, I don't want to. You, you interrupt, interrupt me. No, you're fine. I talk way too much. <laughs> what I thought was more interesting from this match was Roger, Richmond led in the total shot battle twenty-one to six, and they failed to score on. Not only did they fail to score on twenty-one shots but they were outscored by three goals when charleston on their six shots half of them were on target all of them were in the back of the net yeah um i i think drew on target a uh, uh, huge battery fan friend of the friend of the show and that we have talked to him before um said something about how like everybody <laughs> Not just us, but like everyone was like, oh, it's a rebuilding year for Charleston. They lost all their players. Oh, yeah. And now here they are. Coach. Yeah, I think and Charleston why is, we thought differently yeah. is, is dumb. Yeah. I, Charleston, I think, is the biggest plus and surprise team of the season. Agree. Yeah. I respect that coach a lot. I always forget his name. Augie. Mike Anhauser. You got to know where you came from, Phil. Come on, man. Tell I should. Me. I'm really bad about that. Uh, <laughs> the shield. Fair enough. Uh, it could be decided this week, actually. I think if uh, if a draw happens in one of the games Wednesday, uh, it, it goes to it stays in Charleston. So yep. um, it's been a pretty uh, one-sided competition, unfortunately, so far in the two years. of uh, Next match, North Carolina FC 2, Pittsburgh Rounds 1. Uh, this started an interesting week for Pittsburgh. Um, I think we also cursed them by saying Bob Lilly was hands down the best coach of the first half of the season, um, which is still true because it's past that now. But uh, they haven't gotten great results since. Yeah. It's interesting. It? North Carolina, like, 
they willed these goals in. You know, it wasn't like pretty necessarily, but willing goals in is maybe the best way to beat Pittsburgh. You know? Yeah. I mean, those guys, they get, they take a licking if, if they don't score and win every single game or, or yeah. you know, don't avoid even one goal in. So uh, North Carolina did it maybe the way you have to do it against Pittsburgh. Yeah, this was the first time Pittsburgh scored and lost all season. Jeez. So crazy. It's still, still, Lily Ball is still dangerous. Oh, yeah. No matter, it's, it always has the potential to knock someone out. Fernando Adi is shaking in his, his soccer boots at the thought of facing a Bob Lily team. Facing friend of the show, Hugh Roberts? No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. Fernando Adi fears no man. Uh, <laughs> Can confirm. Just saying to, to kind of give you an idea of how yeah. overpowered he would be at this level. Yeah. Uh, he ain't gonna blink at a Bob Lilly defensive block. No. Just saying. <laughs> no, he's just gonna push one of them aside. Uh, he's uh, tall. He is fast, but he, damn, he is strong. So yeah. he's it, he's one of those guys. I um, wish I wish Lasso played for Pittsburgh, and I want to see Adi versus Lasso. <laughs> so they have to fun. train together. They do. That would be fun to watch too. That's we, we got to get pictures of that from CSD. We got to. Yeah. See. Someone's just got to tell us what happened when they like touched for the first time. Did something explode off in the distance? I think perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. Um, the best. The best love. Uh, the the best romantic novel. We didn't know we needed. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Nando in a forest. <sighs> Story of Fernando Adi and Forest Lasso. The soccer, um, soccer anyway. version of Jungle Fever, perhaps. Maybe, maybe. I was thinking more like Boogie Nights. Yeah, that's better. It's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, Charlotte won. Penn FC won. Uh, the guys over at Talking Jacks. Hi, Ben. We're, uh, well, mostly, mostly Ben. Actually, uh, Soccer Goose. We're not happy about this. Hmm. <laughs> like at all. Uh, nor should they have been. Um. Yeah, you know. I, listen, Penn FC's a much better side than. A lot of people give them credit for. We give them credit for. We thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you still got to think that Charlotte should come out on top here. Yeah. It's just the defense against offense. You know, Charlotte was going to throw a lot at them. They weren't going to stop playing their game of possession and ball on the ground. And Penn FC was just going to defend and launch it. And uh, See, but get, it's, it's weird because, draw. you know, Charlotte didn't get any looks, really. Ryan, just say it. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Look so at that. Main, with the uh, NFC getting eleven total shots in this match, but still only two shots on target, and Charlotte scoring their o- only goal of the night with one shot on target. The only thing I was going to say was that NFC may have the potential to get hot down the stretch. They have their final nine home games, so basically from September eighth through October thirteenth, all at or their final nine games all being played at home. I was way off base. It was the opposite. Yeah, you were. We give you the well. Ryan gives you these notes lovingly. It's my before fault. the show starts. Anyway, and then he um, adds him halfway through the show. Yeah, well, whatever. Interesting scenario out east right there. I know I do my projection thing, and between right now, Ottawa's seventh and Charlotte's in thirteenth, and they're only separated by eight points. There's a big contingent of teams who are playoff viable in there, and Penn's dead in that dead in the. Blah. They're in the middle of that group too, so I wouldn't yep. be surprised if we saw Penn take the eighth seed to end the season. 
Mm-hmm. And the last uh, time Tampa Bay, we had sorry. a team, oh, I was saying the last time that we had a team moving up to MLS in their final year, they were knocked out by the then Harrisburg City Islanders in the first round of the playoffs. Penn is a brand new team we've never heard of before. Yeah, what are Ryan, you talking about? True, true. I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> That's a brand new team. They have no history. Love it. Um, moving on, there was some fun discussion from our dear friends in Tampa Bay about this one. Tampa Bay's 2, New York Red Bulls 2-2, two, two, meaning that uh, Tampa Bay scored twice and the Baby Bulls also scored twice. Also, when you say Baby Bulls, does anyone else think of the cheese Baby Bell that comes in the red? Anyway. Hmm. No, okay. I will now. <clears throat> Fair enough. Ah, uh, boo. <laughs> um, Jared Stroud scored in the second minute. Stefano Bonomo scores uh, against his old team twice in two minutes. Is that real? That's amazing. Uh, Junior Flemings gets a red card in the 45th against his former team. Um, Mike Pendleton wasn't very happy about it. Our dear friend at uh, Fat PHAT7 Deuce. Um, absolute BS in Tampa Bay. Six announced minutes of first half stoppage. Fleming's red card and Collins sent off after eight minutes of stoppage, ten minutes of extra stop time given. Uh, <laughs> I just looked at his Twitter banner photo. It's Laton Roddy's kit. It's really good. Um, yeah, and then the then the, the follow tweet to that was that there's some diving perhaps being coached in Red Bull land. Um, I guess speaking to the first one first, not to be that guy, but you know the the PA announcement and etc. is always um, you know there will be a minimum of blank minutes of stoppage time. Um, apparently, the referees saw something that you know warranted more time, and Fleming's got sent off in that more time. So, um, guys, I guess your thoughts on having that much extra extra time? I think the extra time was less of a problem than uh calling what happened a red card uh, it was sure. the wrong call yeah but but the extra time made it so much worse you know it, it just felt like it was handled wrongly on on, on boat on multiple levels mm-hmm. and i kind of agree with my with uh mike pendleton to a certain degree um but you know it happens this has happened to every single team in usl at some point yeah Kev, Pahoney, Ryan, anybody? Uh, not much. I think it's one of those where it shouldn't happen. The ref should probably be on top of it, but as a player, you got to be careful and actually not let it happen. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, man, Rowdy's still not figuring out that form that we all thought they were going to have. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think, well, I'd probably not say that they're the biggest disappointment of the season, but they are probably in the conversation, at least. To be fair, none of us thought that Stuart Campbell was going to leave, and and maybe if we figured that out somehow, I don't think any of us would have been like, they're going to move Neil Collins to their bench and make them their head coach. Well, yeah, I don't think we expected the exodus of players and everything that happened. It's one of those, yeah. if, you, if you knew Louisville was going to lose their coach halfway through the season, you wouldn't have put him as the number one team in the East either, but... Oh. Our number one, number two teams lost their coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, second match for San Antonio of the week, they beat Oklahoma City two to one. Um, dear friend Harry at Raymond Cole, hi Harry, was there. Um, said he had a great time, very complimentary of the Oklahoma City staff. Harry, I wonder if that is not just because you won, 
always <laughs> seems to make away days a little nicer. Um, regardless, Phil, you wanted to talk about this one. Oh yeah, San Antonio. So yeah, I mostly wanted to talk about Ward because he got a hundred percent completion percentage on twenty six passes, something like that. Um, that may be way off, but I mean, this kid, this guy is someone to watch. I think they picked him up from Houston slash um, Rio Grande Valley. And um, he's doing really well for this team. They got to keep playing him. He scored a banger last time and with 90% percentage. And, um, yeah, he's he's going to be someone special, maybe someone to compete with. Um, Aiden Quinn is one of the best midfielders mm. in USL. Mm. Yeah, and, I mean, Santana's good. They're, they are actually doing what we <laughs> thought they were going to do. They're okay. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, I think at the start of the season, we had them like their number number three, number four team in the West, and then they fell off the face of the earth to start. Yeah. And they've really recovered well, and I, they're back around that level. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they actually managed to scrap their way back into like the fourth seed in the, in the West right now. Yeah, and the thing that bothers me is it was kind of peaking down low and then peaking high right now. I think they'll even out a little bit at some point. I may be wrong, but... Um, they are just so incredibly hot right now, doing so well against competition that I, I just don't think they'll sustain it. But we will see. We will see. It is possible. Mm. Yeah. See, my my projection has them finishing sixth right now. Wow, that's Which big. About right. Yeah, that's big though. I like yeah. it. Um, speaking of RGV, Phil, uh, they scored once in a one 0 win over Colorado Springs. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, Colorado's good. They just don't have that offensive input that you'd expect, and especially, I mean, earlier in the week, losing one of your big, you know, playmakers off the bench, or even just, you know, in the starting eleven when you have them there. Um, unenviable task here against RGVFC, who's solid. RGV's um, good at home. Yeah, they are, and they get a one-no-one. One. So I say, if you had to guess, how many games has Colorado Springs lost one zero of the season so far? Oh, I don't know, ten. That is correct. Hey. Oh <laughs> this was their tenth one zero loss of the season. That's bad. Wow, that is not good. That is very painful. Do you, do you know like what's what the second highest number is? Uh, I'd have to look to see what okay. it is. I, I, I didn't can't know if that was be. like a you did a thing and <laughs> found that out. Or no, I've been watching since I keep seeing all these zero one score lines. Right, right. You're like, every week. So funny. Yeah, that's that's not. I mean, how many games through the season are they? Twenty. Uh, they're twenty four in. Twenty four in. So that's yeah, roughly five. half your games losing one nothing. Yeah, that's impressive. That. But I mean, it's it's impressive in a bad way. <laughs> Oh, that's not great. Um, you would think they would try to find somebody to score, but who knows? Maybe not. Well, they rotate guys, I think. That's as yeah. far as I've seen a few of their games, and, and every time I watch a game, it's like a different striking. <laughs> it's a different team. Yeah, it really basically is. And they've got so many talented guys, but they just rotate them all in and out. They'd yeah. be better off you know, sharing or keeping the same guy in there. Apparently it's hurting them, though. No one's able to stay hot. I think so. Yeah. And at least to speak to RGV, they're currently on a sixth match on beaten streak, including wins over Colorado Springs and Las Vegas Lights, with currently it looks like uh, four shutouts within that time. Or sorry, five shutouts in that time, including a no-no result against Phoenix. 
Kev, you're out there in the West. Any thoughts on uh, Colorado or or RGV? Nope. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Battle of one and two in the Western Conference, right? Real Monarchs. uh, This I didn't expect this. Real Monarchs four, Phoenix Rising one. Um, It. Oh, sorry, I missed a game. I apologize. Uh, before that happened, Tulsa won, Fresno won. Uh, Tulsa gets both goals. Ryan, just say it. Ryan? <laughs> yeah, Tulsa had Isaac Diaz in it, but they also got the own goal for Fresno in the uh, 63rd minute. That's the definition of, of you score that goal and uh, Isaac Diaz is asking Brandon Cervania to pick up the tab at, at the next dinner, right? Has to be, especially in the 90th minute, too, to get a draw. Um, one of those games, so, like, as much as I've really been impressed with Fresno, it's one of those, you got to you gotta win that, right? Yeah, this is disappointing for Fresno. who's trying to make that one of those last playoff spots. I think yep. we all, at least, I know that's kind of high end to start the season. I still think they're decent, but... They can't drop points like this. If they want to be a playoff team, they have to be able to mop up the ones that they they're supposed to win. Granted, it was on the road, but you should be getting three points in Tulsa more often than not. Yeah. Anyway, now we can talk about 1v2 in the West. Uh, Monarchs 4, Phoenix Rising 1. Um, Sebastian Velasquez, Mike DeFonta, uh, or Mike DeFont, I guess, with an own goal. Chandler Hoffman, who uh, just signed for Birmingham, no? Yes, and uh, and Andrew Brody, and then uh, Kalen Ryden with the own goal for uh, for Phoenix. So, Real Monarchs score five times. Um, Gladson Awako gets a red in the sixty second, which didn't help things. Um, by that point, you're down two. Um, those two goals for for SLC after that are just kind of extra. Well, um, they tell them scored three after that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> okay, the two that count for your team after that are extra. Um. Really cool tweet by my friend of the show, Sam Dore, after uh, after the match where he said he'd much rather have, you know, a, a really interactive and, and passionate fan base like they have. And, you know, seeing people be mad about it on Twitter is, is in a way, kind of cool. Um, but a uh, disappointing result here for Phoenix Rising, for sure. Um, you definitely want to make a statement against a team like Real Monarchs where... We all just kind of assume they're untouchable, and uh, this match didn't do anything to change, at least my mind. Anybody else here maybe swayed a little bit by, by Phoenix's performance? Well, they they're, have had a couple of losses, you know, this, this over the summer after uh, the issues with their with their coach. Yeah, a um, little bit of a slump, but obviously they're they're still getting out some wins. This one against Phoenix, I think, pretty much helps them cement um, really their their position, uh, uh, the good distance they have over everyone else in the Western Conference. Yeah. So even if they do go on and more on a slump again or further or whatever, you know, towards the end of the season, they'll they'll end up in a top spot for sure, without question. I think this just like hints at some of the things that Pony says about uh, Cincinnati. Where Cincinnati spent the most money and they sometimes struggle against some of the best teams in the league. Um, this this reeked of that a little bit in that in that mm-hmm. Phoenix should be able to beat someone like um, like Real Monarchs 
only because of the money they spend, the kind of club they are, the what they're aiming for. Yeah. I think Phoenix fans should be pretty disappointed at this. Not to say Real Monarchs are not maybe the best team in the league. I think we'll find out later this year, perhaps. But, um, you know, I, I think Phoenix fans should expect better. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, uh, you guys had quite the match. Oh, man. You know, this one was scary because, um, you know, Reno went down to 10 men early on. Red card at 15 minutes. And... Boy, it was really weird because in the first 15 minutes, Reno was like kicking the ball out of bounds to nobody half the time. And they seemed really angry, like right from the go, like from right from the get go, like people were pushing and kicking and fouling everywhere on Reno, especially. Um, I don't know if St. Louis brought that out of them or like, I feel like something weird's happening with Reno right now. I don't really know. But um, they were frustrated, and they got a red card early that was well-deserved. There was a PK where there was a foul in the box. There might have been two, honestly, throughout the game that were pretty clear uh, that even the announcers were saying, oh, that might have been in the box, so I'm not being super biased. Um, Man, it was just an ugly game. But that said, Reno defended so well with 10 men, slash St. Louis cannot attack for the life of them. Um, and, and what bothered me, and I don't know if you guys see this or I need advice in this way in that, um, we keep bringing our, our midfield central midfielders back. We played with three in the back in this game, which I thought was nice, but we kept bringing our two central midfielders back to collect the ball. So even before we started attacking, we got five guys, um, behind their 10 remaining players and we're attacking with five more. That's not a good way to attack a 10 man, um, defense but that being said reno scored a shorthanded goal so i i just don't know what to think i just feel like mm. st louis can't attack well that that pulis is perhaps earning his name uh in st louis um <laughs> if that makes sense to people um and it's starting to feel that way because we couldn't easily defeat a 10-man reno we seriously won on like blood and guts like there was a long throw in that was the second one in a row that happened. You know, Sam Fink did what he does and got a set piece goal. And uh, the other one was on a PK. So um, I'm worried about St. Louis, to be honest with you, after this game. Um, but the will to win is there. And that's the only thing that might get them in the playoffs this year. The only thing I will say is, is coaches don't change their tactics when they go up a man as much as you would think or hope maybe sometimes I agree with you. So I, I think that was Pulis just sticking to the system like his dad does. Hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it, it works. He knows what he's doing. The team knows what they want to do. Um, the way they play isn't conductive to a ton of goals. Right. And I think for him to suddenly flip a switch, especially early, um, and go, hey, you know, we're going to start just throwing bodies forward now would be a little weird, and I feel like you'd have guys out of position more often than not. So yeah, um, I, I always feel that same way. Like if, you know, a team <laughs> will, will go down a man, and I'm like, all right, why didn't that end 4-1? And you watch it back, and, you know, it's uh, not as easy as it might sound to score up a man. I, I will honest. say, I think you're dead on there, Evan, and I just want to say to his credit, he did pull both fullbacks slash wingbacks out at the at the half mm-hmm. and put in an extra midfielder that can be more attacking in wall fall. We all know who he is. 
and and also added in a winger, an attacking winger, yeah. um, rather than keeping those fullbacks in. So to his credit, yeah. he did that. Cool. Anyone else have thoughts on that one? Reno's good too. I think that's part of it. They are good. Sixteen match unbeaten streak, by the way. You guys snapped for Reno, um, five in a row with wins. Um, so. No slouches there in the Western Conference, for sure. Yep. Yeah, I think a lot like Charleston, we thought these guys would regress because they lost a lot of the big names. Yes, we did. Of course, they have one of them back now on loan, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pro tip, next year, 2019 USL teams, if you want us to discredit you and then play really well, just get rid of a couple of your players. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, real quick, I, I talked about it earlier. If anyone has any questions or anything about the Bethlehem game over, over Atlanta, feel free. Um... Congratulations on first professional goals for Aiden Apodaca, um, Ferris. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, nor has he ever said it. So Ferris and uh, and Brendan Fearless Aronson. I will say um, I had a tweet before the game started, and I could tw- I can I can openly talk about this now, um, even though I think you guys all know the story. Um, so I call Brendan Aronson Fearless because he's the one kid. It's him and his younger brother Paxton, uh, who are on the uh, the union's like kit unveil video where they walk from center city Philly and they end up at a um, town energy stadium. So it's a neat video. It's cool. Um, Brendan Aronson is in fact fearless in that he ran pretty much full speed into forest lasso. Uh, the third, fourth, fifth week of the season. Uh, Brendan Aronson is a 17 and B tiny. Uh, forest lasso is a grown ass man. Um, he didn't do it purposely, but Brendan Aronson broke his collarbone by running in the forest lasso, <laughs> which is ironic. Cause you know, fearless. Um, so a credit to the kid for coming back in like four months. Cause you know, when you're 17, you can do that. And B uh, man got an assist and a goal and was nominated for player of the week this week. So um, super credit to, to a 17 year old for doing those things. It's always crazy. to even teenagers go out and, and get theirs. Um, but also some really nice goals there by by Aiden Apodaca and uh, and Ferris, who also had an assist actually on on Aronson's strike. So um, really solid performance from Bethlehem Atlanta with a really nice bike kick. Although I do not blame Matt Mahoney for not wanting to get kicked in the face. Um. So yeah, that's that's all I really have to say about that. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. I guess we'll uh, we'll get plugs out of the way. I'll start with the show. Um, real quick, if you guys want us to do this every week, and I'll just have to come up with something else for Patreon, let us know. I like having other people to talk to that can tell us things that we don't know or forget. <laughs> Me too. It's good. And and for uh, for Taylor and Goose and Brian Cook and Harry and uh, I know Alan's here. Zach Dyke was here at a point. Um, all you guys joined us this week. Thank you for coming. A um, couple plugs real quick. Uh, the That's where you're going to find everything that you could possibly want to know about us. Um, all of our episodes uh, are linked to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the USL show. I just fooled around with that. So feel free to check it out. Um, I will also say if you didn't get your sticker yet, let me know address because we asked for it when you sign up for Patreon but I lost count of who has and who does not have stickers. Please don't lie to me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and you can also find a link to our dear friend, Soccer Loco. Um, DK, uh, who is uh, a 
wonderful person and, and a really cool guy um, out in San Diego, California, does a lot for the soccer scene out there. Um, they need a pro team, by the way, just saying. Um, that would be cool. Uh, and then we can be done with soccer teams in California, but uh, San Diego gets a team and then we're, then we're good. Um, so check those guys out. It's a, it's a link, uslshow.com. There's a little blue box, or if you're colorblind, it's a gray box. Click on that, buy some stuff. We get a kickback on that, so thank you very much. Um, and then uh, I guess for me personally, if you'd like to hear or see any more of my tweets or anything like that, at Valella Vias and Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A-B-S-F-C. Um, yeah, uh, Kev, where can people find you and things and things and talk about Play With Kids? Um, let's see, I'm on Twitter, at PDX. <laughs> I'm at PTK Podcast. Um, sometimes you can find me behind at Stumptown Footy. Uh, tweet and T2 matches. You know, obviously I'm here as well. Um, Playthekids.com, stumptownfooty.com. Lots of places to find me. Randomly in Portland, maybe? Who knows? I do have my face out there. People in town have recognized me and said hello, and I I appreciate it when I say that. Wow, that's That's really crazy. It is crazy. It's terrifying, actually. I haven't had that happen yet. I'm very glad for it. People find you in what's my favorite airport abbreviation? So you can find me on Twitter at ILM underscore Brian. I write at uh, Indomitable City Soccer alongside Pony and as well as uh, Soccer on Sweet Tea here based in the Carolinas. Concise. I like it. Uh, it's also not my favorite appropriation, but that's okay. Um, I, I lied to get you to show. It's fine. Uh, po- m- f- m- Pony, where can people find at Twitter on, as always, at Iron Pony Chef. Good spot for some numbers <laughs> Wait, and... Stop it. What? They they have to at Twitter and then at you? <laughs> yeah, just do both. Why not? I mean, Yeah, like everything goes through a vetting process. But like if they're, if, they're, if they're mean to you on the internet, you just get them blocked forever. Hey, if, it, if that happens since now, this fan base be a lot quieter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, good, good. Phil, where can people find you and, and the like? Uh, STL Soccer Report, I do a little bit there, but mostly Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's. That's me on Twitter. You're also here, man. I'm glad here. that you're here. I'm so glad I'm here. I missed you guys when I was gone. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, guys, uh, thanks for listening. If you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate it. We appreciate anyone that listens to this yeah. any way they get it, because... <laughs> Oh my god, there's so many of you. It's crazy. It blows my mind. Um, I'm just going to show a couple other episodes we did. Um, really good interview, I think. I do them, so I'm biased. With uh, Andrew Weber, who is a part of the um, USA Six Aside. He's also a goalkeeper for um, Sporting Arizona FC uh, in the NPSL, I believe. And, um, and is a former USL pro guy back in the day. Um, really good stuff with him. Also, a really good talk with uh, with Phoenix Rising's vice president of sales and marketing, and pretty much everything else for that club, Sandor. Go check that one out for a really cool uh, perspective on things. But other than that, guys, we will uh, we'll talk to you next week, and uh, take care. All right, cool.